Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, (laughs) that we should be holy without and without blame before Him in love. Now, is there a difference between um, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ going to bless us and has blessed us? Would there be a difference in those statements? Do little words like that matter? How many, how many know you can, you can change one word here and there in Scripture and it changes the, to- the whole gospel? If you like, for example, say uh, from John 14... If you take what Jesus said and you change it to, I am a way, a truth, and a life. How many know that changes the whole Bible right there? Might as well just... But the very fact that he said the way, that that means something. It means something eternal and life-changing. What about when the Bible says he has blessed us? See, uh, one of the mental roadblocks that I see, a way of thinking that is a great of great hindrance to the average believer, is, is the belief or the thought that God has yet to bless them, that they are waiting on the Lord to move in their life, that they are waiting on God to answer a prayer, that they are in limbo there just kind of waiting on him it's a great great hindrance and a great error according to new testament truth the reality is and you'll see this over and over in scripture especially the first three chapters of of ephesians that the emphasis in the new covenant is on the finished work of christ is on the the reality that the victory has been won, the devil has been defeated, sin has been washed away, and God's presence is here to stay. It is a constant theme of the new covenant that what needed to be done has been done. The problem has been solved. The curse has been broken. The blessing of God has been released. And it has come forth to everyone who believes. This is not to say that there are no future days when God would plan things in times to come. For certainly, He has a plan and He has a purpose. And there are things that are yet to transpire in the earth. And we know from Scripture that He has things planned for what are called ages to come. Things that are beyond our understanding today. But there are ages beyond this time. And God's already got a plan. And so there are things future. But too many times, people are either living in the past or they're waiting on the future. And their mind is only on those things that are yet to be. When the vast majority... Of all we need and everything we need to sustain us 
and to and to give us a firm footing and health and longevity and strength and all emotional sustenance and the very uh, resources of God have already been made available to every person and it is according to the scripture already done it's already done so how would that change how why does that make such a big difference because we can't try to get God to do what he's already done it is a futile effort to try to get God to do something that he's already done it is praying in vain that what happens so frequently with God's people they pray in vain trying to get God to do what he has already done the reality is he has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ that spiritual blessing is translated into every area of our lives spirit soul and body we must understand the past tense nature of the work of Christ and how God relates to us today is completely based upon what's already done not on something that is yet to come this foundation of our lives sets us free to experience him now to experience his glory his presence his power his wisdom his healing his provision his love it sets the stage for everything to be experienced by us we have absolute free access to every good thing in God there is nothing he left out of the covenant that you have with him when I when I say everything every need you would ever have in life everything that would make you shout and make you sing and make you give praise to the king everything everything good is done it's the reason every good gift comes down from above from the father of lights with whom there's no shadow of turn, turning or variation it's the reason it's because he has already blessed us and so never do we try to convince God to do something good never are we trying to twist his arm he has already moved he has already taken care of whatever you face today it's done that's why one of the best things you and I can do to glorify him and to live with him is to say thank you Lord it's already done the work has been completed amen well, let me show you a couple scriptures along these lines. Everybody okay? All right. Well, Romans, that'd be a left turn. Romans 8. We won't go through everything, just a few things here, just to show you. Ephesians, one's not, Ephesians 1 is not the only one. Let's see. Uh let me find it now verse 29 Romans 8:29 for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son what, what, what do you mean he foreknew whom he foreknew 
he foreknew you because of your acceptance of him. In other words, God has foreknowledge. He can look and know in advance who's going to say yes and who's going to say no to him. So he foreknew. What did he do? He predestined. That means he planned something out for them that he knew in advance would say yes. Um, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's Jesus being raised from the dead, that firstborn there. He was the first one born again. Verse 30, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. It always amazes me to see things from God's perspective. And see that I have not only already been called, already been justified, but already been glorified. (laughs) See, this is a new way of thinking that allows God's Spirit to move in us unhindered by thoughts of inferiority, by thoughts of condemnation, by thoughts of, you know... I've got a long ways to go. It moves us up to a place where we view ourselves like He views us in Christ. Instead of us viewing ourselves according to the old guy that died, was crucified with Christ. Amen. Called. Justified. Glorified. What does that mean? God's glory is on you. Already. Already. There was a glory of the Old Testament. They shied away from it. They said, Moses, put a veil over your face. We don't want to look at you. Uh, Ah, it's bright. There is a glory of the new covenant where the living Christ dwells on the inside of us. And he radiates out through us, through our lives. And God sees us. And he sees the Lord Jesus, and we are one with him, glorified in the Son. So I don't know about that. I'm a pretty rotten guy. Well, you should get saved. You should make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. And then the work of God that is complete will now be manifest in you. And if you've already been saved, then acknowledge that it's true. (laughs) And start seeing yourself in light of what's done seeing yourself in light of the finished work. Amen. Not in light of whoever you see in the mirror. Amen. See, God works with the finished work of Christ. The Holy Spirit, one of His duties, one of His jobs in the earth is that He would remind us of those things that Jesus said. See, He came to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and and of judgment. Basically, he came to talk to a non-believer about getting saved, right? And he talks to us about Jesus. Does that make sense? And so I cooperate with the working and moving of the Holy Spirit in my life, not by looking down on myself, Not by crying out for help, but by acknowledging 
that it's already done in Jesus. And my acknowledgement of the finished work of Christ in and for my life gives the Holy Spirit something to work with to give outward change. Well, we're having fun. Hallelujah. Um, all right. First uh, John. Just want to give you a little mini teaching. Teaching at? First <laughs> um, John 3, 2. 3, 2. Beloved, now, when? <laughs> now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Now, first of all, now we, what? We are. Everybody say now. Are. are. Now. Are. Are. Now. Are. Are. That means that you is. (laughs) All right. Notice the present tense nature because of the finished work. This is not if you've received the Lord. Now you are a child of God. There's that, that, what, what does that mean? It means you can't become any more of that. You're either in the family or you're not. You can't be more in than you are. You're either born of God or you're not. You are either are a child of God or you're not. Now he goes on to say, we don't know everything how it's going to be, but we know and we see him, we're going to be just like him. Well, why will we be just like him? I, I got a couple thoughts on that. One is because we already are, so we know we will be because we are. If it's talking about in the physical way, we know we will have a glorified body like the Lord. Everybody with me? But if you look at uh, chapter 4, chapter 4, they're real close. It says in verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, if I say is, so are we in this world. As He is when? Well, is is an is word. Is is an our word. He is, and we is. As He is, we are. Does that mean we're going to be? No. As Jesus is now, so we are now this is the perspective of god for us as we adapt it it manifests it shows up in our lives it shows up in our thinking it shows up where the devil has nothing on us where he cannot afflict and he cannot torment and he cannot uh, pull the hood over our eyes and blind us and deceive us no right now i'm just like him I'm already a child of God. I'm already just like the Lord. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Look at, well, where else should you look? Oh, yeah, verse five, chapter 5. Look at chapter 5. There's some good stuff in this book. Verse 12. He who has the Son. He who what? Has the Son. Has the Son. Do you have the Son? He who has the Son is going to get life. Has what? Has. He who has the Son has life. That means if you've received Jesus, your Savior and Lord, then you what? Have life. Have it. Present tense, possession of you. You have life. Someone said, well, I had life before. No, 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 no. That's not the kind of life we're talking about. We're not talking about you breathe now. You breathed before. Not talking about you have a heartbeat now. No, you had a heartbeat before. But what do you have now? The life of God. This is a much better life. (laughs) This is a quality of life that is beyond our wildest imaginations. And it is resident on the inside of every child of God. You made Jesus the Lord of your life and you got an impartation, a deposit of God's very nature, His life and His ability. You became authorized to use His name to sign checks and to do transactions for the kingdom in His name. You were set up in a place where God would look to you to carry out His work and carry out His plan. You are called His very ambassador in this land. You, you are of another country. You are of another place. But we're traveling through this land called earth, representing Him, carrying out His will, carrying out His plan, clothed with His glory, given the mind of Christ. We have His wisdom and how to operate. This is God's plan. Not that He would just give us a hope. Not just that someday... He would give us promise of change, but that He would spark His life inside of us here, now, today, so that the rest of our lives we walk carrying His glory, carrying His ability, carrying His wisdom and power, and we represent Him well in the earth today. This is God's plan the very moment from the first day. If you've been born again just a day, the same life is in you that's in me. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, dwells in me. Because this is not something, what we're talking about here, something that we grow into. I believe in growth, that's another subject. This is not something we grow into, it's something we receive instantly by God's gift. The very moment where we confess the Lordship of Jesus... All these things are deposited. All these things are placed. And and we have a full measure. Well, I I haven't been faithful in church. Well, that will just help you to be unaware of this reality. But it doesn't mean the reality isn't there. It doesn't mean you're a half Christian. Huh? You ever used that language with someone before? They're kind of a Christian. I know what you mean by that because it was kind of hard to see from the outside. <laughs> and only maybe you describe someone else and say, oh yeah, they're really saved. <laughs> well, I understand what that means again or what you mean by that. But the, biblically speaking, you're not either, you're not just saved or kind of saved or really saved. You're either in the kingdom. You know, it's like a, like a child who's born physically. Well, they're kind of born. 
<laughs> it's time for another push then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're kind of a human. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't finish reading this, did I? He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you are going to get eternal life. That you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal, how many know eternal life is not something we get when we die? It's not something we get if we live, if we live really well. If we toe the line and do everything right. We, no, no, no. It's a present tense possession of every child of God. You have the life of God. You have eternal life. Yay! Isn't God good? See, see, this now stuff, this is stuff, needs to be real in us. And we relate to God from that position, not act like we're on the outside looking in, trying to obtain, trying to get God to do. Many Christians live in revival is coming mentality. They've prophesied or heard some prophecies about a great move of God coming. It's just on the horizon. We're just on the edge. And again, don't get me wrong. I know there are seasons of God doing things and saying things. But that kind of mentality will cripple your life. If you're always waiting on the move of God. Always waiting. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's that carrot hanging out in front of the donkey. You know. Just always reaching out but never getting there. Amen. Concerning everything we need in life, our relationship with God, His indwelling presence, our ability to pray, our ability to worship, our ability to be empowered by Him to do great things, it's already done. Our ability to walk in health and the blessing of God, already done. Everything you need. I didn't want to sing. (laughs) Everything you need to succeed. It's already done. (laughs) It's already done. Thank you, Lord. Look at Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 1. 11.1. 11.1. It says now, what? <laughs> I just ran into a word. I had to stop. It said now. When? Faith is. I ran into two, two of those words already. First, Out of the first three words, two of them are present tense. Now, faith is. How many know you're going to have trouble walking by faith if you put everything into the future? Oh, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. No, He's not. God already did it. How many know even when it, when, when it comes to prayer, because you might think, well, if you're praying, that's not done. Right? I mean, because if you're asking God to do something, isn't that in the future? So that's not already done. But biblically, 
it must become done at the very moment you pray. Everything has to be brought from the future into the present for God to be able to work. Otherwise, it always remains elusive. It's always out there. All right, look at, back at first, back first John. First John five. Some of these are commonly uh, quoted and used verses. First John five fourteen. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. When does He hear us? Well, when we pray. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, what's that next word? That we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. In other words, the asking all of a sudden is in the past, meaning He's already heard us, so that's now past, meaning it's done. So even prayer, when you're asking... Yes, it's future. But as soon as you get done asking, which should be a short period of time, it doesn't take days and weeks and months and years to ask, right? And we, have, we don't have scriptures that tell us, ask and God will get around to it. We don't. That's religion getting in and messing up your brain. Messing up your relationship with God. To think that God's going to delay from the time you ask to the time He responds. I mean, that's rude. If we did that to each other, you know, the ask, you know, you're, we're having a conversation. You ask me something and I just kind of, <laughs> I know, you know, like just for a week or two though. <laughs> then after a week or two, okay, here, yeah. Wow. Were you like frozen? <laughs> what happened to you there? Space time continuum thing. What happened? What's going on there? And yet, because we don't visually see God with our physical eyes, we get this idea that we ask and He just, no response. Or if we think He does respond, yeah, maybe. Or, nah. Or later. But yet, none of those things do we have scriptures for. <laughs> but we see how prayer does work. You ask according to His will. You can read other scripture, other prayer scriptures to find out His will for asking or how we are to ask. All right? He asks according to His will. Now all of a sudden it becomes past tense. And now all of a sudden it's done. And, that, and then we know that we have. We know that we have petitions that we asked already. He already asked. He already responded. We, he already gave it. So we have it. That's how prayer works. I can show you more of that if you want. Mark 11. I'm just going to show you a couple of scriptures here today. It's already done. The work of God complete. Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things... Let me see. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe 
that you're going to receive them and you'll have them. Believe that you're going to get them at some point in the future. Is that what it says? Believe that God is going to do it. Is that what it said? Well, why do Christians talk that way after they pray? Well, I believe God's going to do it. Well, that's not what he said here. What are we supposed to believe? This is telling us what we're to put our faith on. We are to believe that we receive them. Anybody have a new international version here? Lift up your hand. NIV. What does it say? Believe. I'll tell you what it says. (laughs) You just verify and nod your head if I'm wrong. Uh, Believe that you have received them. Am I right? Received it. Believe that you have received it, meaning the thing that you asked. Believe that you what? Have received. The moment you have asked, that prayer immediately goes into the past tense because the moment you ask, God responds and now it's already done. So now I relate to God not only not only that everything in Christ, every blessing, every promise, every healing, every provision, every answer, all these things, all my needs, my deliverance from Satan's bondage, my deliverance from any kind of natural addiction or affliction or any trouble I was born with or have run into in my life, all done. Every bit of it done. Not only that, from the moment I make requests and I pray to him, from that moment on, now that's done. We live in a continual state of doneness. Using my best English tonight. We are to live based on the finished work of God. Are there things He's going to do in the future? Sure, because I'm going to ask for some stuff in the future. But the moment I ask, done. And I'm not saying He doesn't have plans for the future. He does. Like I said earlier, He's got great plans. But I can't live out of what is to come. I mean, I'm anticipating the arrival in heaven. Ooh, it's going to be nice. But I can't do anything about that. But I can live on what's already complete. Amen. And God's presence in your life is one of those things. God's presence, Him surrounding us, His Spirit moving in us and through us, and the glory of God being a part of us, that's already here already taken care of. He's already taken care of. His Spirit already is with you, talking to you, moving in your life. So we acknowledge. Amen. You might want to take some time tonight and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and just uh, take some time and just, just, just spend with the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. It's already done. And everything you think of that has been purchased in Christ, that you have prayed for, all these things that God has promised, or what all those start coming to your mind thank you lord that's already done thank you lord that's already done oh yeah yeah that's already done yeah yeah oh that's already done if you run into trouble and difficulty and things attack you in your life (laughs) that's already defeated thank you lord that's already been abolished that's already washed away amen 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 god works with that because that's what he gave great attention to to making sure that it would be available to everyone Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, there's more we could say, but that's probably good for now.
Jesus said, I have come that you might someday get in the distant future life and have it more abundantly. No, he said, I've come that you may, that they might have, have. When would, when would they have? Well, the day they're born again. The day they receive the Lord in their life, they get the fullness of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord.